When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Join Josh and Chuck, the guys who bring you Stuff You Should Know, as they take a trip around the world to help you get smarter in a topsy-turvy economy. Check out the all-new Super Stuff Guide to the Economy from HowStuffWorks.com, available now exclusively on iTunes. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the podcast. This is High Speed Stuff. Uh, You guys know me. I'm Ben, and you guys know Scott. He's the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Scott, it's almost like we just got back from vacation. Yeah, it has been a while. It has. It has. Yeah. You ready to do this? I am. I'm ready. Okay, here we go. A lot of turmoil in the auto industry, Mm -hmm. you know. Had some had some companies threatening to to go extinct, and then we've had a couple of. I'm sure you can name a couple of brands. Yeah, Pontiac, and uh, well, in years past we've had. Um, well, Plymouth has gone away. I mean, just some of the recent history, you know. But in this last week or so, yeah, it's been pretty rough. And the weird thing is that when these when these kind of companies go down, and this stuff has happened before, as as you said, mm-hmm. when these companies go down, their products remain. Yeah, that's right. So, um, of course, there's still a lot of Pontiacs out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a lot of uh, Plymouths out there. There's still a lot of Oldsmobiles out there. But uh, what we're talking about really are brands that um, the, the parent company has gone away. So, you know, like when you're talking about Pontiac right now, um, we, we, we actually, you know what, we should just say this right up front. We're talking about orphan cars. Oh, yeah. Orphan yep. cars are cars where the the parent company has gone away it sounds just like what it uh well it's just what it sounds like cars um, with no cars parents with no parents that's right Companies. it's very sad <laughs> so when we're talking about pontiac you know having gone away that's a brand a division of general motors general motors is still very much in existence at least right now it is right and um you know it's 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 a little bit different when you go back further in history and you talk about companies that are totally gone so uh, there's there's different variations of this, and some people have different opinions. So some people might consider Pontiac an orphan car, and pretty soon, um, you know, Saab a Saab will be an orphan car, and um, you know, Saturn will be an orphan car to them. Right. Okay. But 
others, you know, disagree to that. They say so, that you know it has to be that the company's totally gone. Okay, so the definition differs a bit. That's right. But yeah. this is not an uncommon occurrence. No, it's not. <laughs> not by any means. Um, Can you, you take know, me back? Yeah, I'll take you way back. As Let's a go. Fact. Let's um, go. <laughs> if you recall, we uh, we had a conversation earlier about car companies that were no longer in existence. Oh yes. Yeah, we, and I had a list. I had a huge list. It looked like a small phone book. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a list of U.S. auto manufacturers that were no longer in existence. So the defunct uh, U.S. auto manufacturers. Every one of those companies, if they produced even one car, those vehicles are considered orphan cars. So there's a ton of these things out there. And really, I mean, like I said, I think it was 18, in, in that podcast, I think I mentioned that between 1896 and 1930, there were 1,800 U.S. car companies. Yes. Yeah. And, well, you know how many there are now. I mean, right. Very, very few. And there are some upstarts, but uh, really there are very few U.S. car companies right now. And that's worldwide. I mean, there's there's many others that you know are in the same same boat you know they were they were produced nearly 100 years ago or over 100 years ago at this point and uh they just the parent company's just gone well you see you see my next question coming up here then because we all know that car collectors uh have have a well-deserved reputation for for going to any length necessary to get the the ideal piece for the next collection mm -hmm. So how did they feel? How how do car enthusiasts in general feel about orphan cars? Well, actually, you know, if you if you think about this, when you go to a car show, you don't want to see an everyday vehicle that you know there are a million of on the road right now. Right, right. You want to see something unusual, right? Yeah. That that's an orphan car. I mean, that is something that you know you can't have another one of those. I mean, a lot of them. Okay, sure, you can still get you know a, a Chevrolet that was built in 1955. You can still buy a Chevrolet that was built now. Okay. It doesn't doesn't mean that you know that's any less valuable the person that wants that 1955 chevrolet however if you go back and you want a, a stutz bearcat or you want something that's really unique a duesenberg you want something like that wow. that level that's something where you know you, you pay attention because you you rarely see those vehicles but those are good examples of orphan cars and you know they're from early early on in the 1900s um but you know i, I think that's what keeps it interesting okay okay so I agree with you on that one. Mm -hmm. I I would I would love to uh I would love to drive one of those. I'm assuming you would too. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. And uh it would make me very nervous though. I'd have a million dollar car. Oh, yeah. I yeah, extremely okay. nervous. What are we talking about when we talk about value of these? Uh well, it varies because um some orphan car. Well, okay, here's a good example. Probably the best example. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are familiar with uh the Duesenberg. Yes, we just we just mentioned it, but Duesenbergs were only built uh, between 1913 and 1937, I think it was, mm, and okay. so they're you know they're very old, um, they're they're very valuable, extremely valuable. Even the parts are ridiculously expensive. I had a friend remind me in a moment to get back to this. We'll 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 talk about uh, this friend who located parts and what they were worth. I it's, am it's, writing it's it down. Um, so Duesenberg's one example, right? Okay, very valuable yeah. orphan car. Very uh, popular, too. Guess what else is an orphan car? A Yugo. Oh, Remember the Yugoslavian car that's a yeah, Yugo? That's swing, an orphan car. Swing and a miss, though, So, well, who wants a Yugo? Yeah, well, it was built in 1985. That's true. Of course, Yugoslavia. Yeah. Brought to the U.S. Uh, by a man named, I think, Malcolm Bricklin. And just terrible failure that vehicle was, really. I mean, I'm sure that people, you know, there's some enthusiast somewhere that will be excited about it. And I think, you know, as long as you have 
a, you know, a garage full of replacement parts, you might be all right. But <laughs> they were terrible vehicles, and um, that's another example of an orphan car. So there's one that's not worth hardly anything. I mean, try to find one now, even. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the opposite end of the scale is the Duesenberg or the Stutz. Or, um, you could talk about the Tucker, which you know there's only very few in existence anymore. Tucker is also an orphan car. Um, so some some cars, it sounds like there's there's several categories of classification here. Some cars in the orphanage of car company history are, I guess, better orphan cars, right? Like mm-hmm. the Duesenberg or the Tucker. Uh, and then some cars are not as popular like the Yugo. Mm-hmm. But then it also sounds like some cars are more orphan-like than other ones because aren't there some cars where there's a run of you know 500 or more vehicles before it goes out and then there are cars uh, companies like as you said that made a very limited run mm-hmm. sure well I, I would say that even 500 would be a pretty limited run but yeah. i mean when you when you go back to the, the early part of the 20th century and you, and you see that you know a lot of cars were you know parts were handmade by blacksmiths for you know the the three that ever were produced those are the type of cars that are worth, that are extremely valuable that, um, you know, three cars made or, you know, a lot of the companies made, you know, less than five vehicles. Um, several of them made that. Wow. Um, but, you know, then there are others that made a thousand or so and maybe maybe only 100 exist or maybe 50 exist out of that 1,000 that they made. So it really depends on what, uh, it's kind of on the eye of the beholder too. Okay. Um, if, okay. If, if you think that vehicle is valuable, then of course you're going to want it no matter what. Um, yeah, it just depends. depends well, how about on... how about this? Let's let's go hypothetical. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's say that you, the one and only Scott Benjamin, are <laughs> an, a proud owner of an orphan car. Mm-hmm. Your choice. I assume you're not going to pick a Yugo, but if that's what you want to do, I will not. All right. Uh, so you 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 own one of these. It, it's your baby. It's in your garage. What what are some benefits? Well, the benefits are that. I, I guess the the biggest one is that you're preserving a piece of history, really. You know, once that vehicle's gone, there's one less in the world, and there never will be another one. Um, oh, if, nice. If you've yeah. let it, if you've let it, you know, rust away or just go away. The other thing is that um, I, I think it's kind of what we we talked about that you know it's it's um, it's unique. I mean, you, you drive down the road and something that you know no one else has. Of course, it's going to draw a lot of attention. You may even if it's in you know the condition is good enough, it, you can take it to car shows enter it into uh you know you could win awards you could use mm. you make kind of a weekend hobby mm-hmm. um of course a lot of these are hobby cars but it, um projects yeah but i'm really i'm really into what you the the first point you made seems so so actually i'm going to use this word mm-hmm. i rarely use it it seems profound mm-hmm. i think that's fair to say because these people are as you said preserving a piece of history yeah that's right i mean imagine if you have one of 12 vehicles that exist uh, from 1914 from a specific company. Um, so let's say that you have a Hoosier Scout, which was only made in 1914. And um, I don't know how many of them are in existence, so I'll just make up a number. But what if there are 40? Let's, let's say there are 40. If if you let yours go to waste, if, you know, some, or it sits in your garage and doesn't do it, you know, you're... you're you're kind of robbing somebody else from ever seeing that vehicle. You're letting down the Hoosier team. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Fans and drivers yeah. and owners alike. <laughs> but it's not all it's not all uh, angels and trumpets, right? No, that's right. There's also some downsides, and uh, we can we can mention just there's really just a couple. Okay. And um, as you can imagine, parts and maintenance is probably the uh, the, the biggest one here. Oh, um, going back to your going back to your friend. Yeah, that's right. Well, we'll we'll mention him in just a moment okay. because that's a, that's a good example. But parts and maintenance are really difficult. I mean, 
if you if you're able to to find a group or a um, an enthusiast community uh, for your particular type of vehicle, it may be a little bit easier. But um, you know, good luck trying to find uh, reconditioned cylinder head for you know whatever you have a, a turn of the century Tiger or something yeah, like that. Yeah, wow. good, good luck. So um, that that's got to be very difficult now. The parts are also very expensive. So really these downsides come down to parts and affordability, really. Okay. Um, because now this one particular example that I know of, and this is back to my friend that uh, worked in a shop in, in Detroit. Mm-hmm. He worked in a restoration shop that specialized in pre-war, car, pre-war cars. And they had Duesenbergs in the shop regularly. And his job, just for a brief time, he also ran a race shop. So, so he had this briefly, maybe a summer. Okay. Um, he was trying to find, locate specific parts for specific vehicles, and one of his tasks, rather, were, was to find um, oil pans for Duesenbergs. And you wouldn't believe the value of these things. They Once they were reconditioned, once they were brought back to new... They were reconditioned as if you were reconditioning a, a car. You know, the panels were, were banged out, painted, refinished. Okay. You know, so they're smoothed. They look brand new. Okay. He found several of them. They had five or six on the shelf that were ready to go when anybody, whenever anybody needed them. They were valued somewhere north of $5,000 each. What? For, Seri- an, for an oil pan. Seriously? Uh, yeah, you're talking about something that on a typical vehicle is less than $50. Yeah, Scott, my first car was less than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, try to find parts for the, the cars that are already unique. Yeah. And good luck. That's That's true. And, you know, technically, being from the turn of the century, doesn't that make each of those parts an antique? It does. At best, reconditioned really is just the version of like a refurbished. Yeah, and we're not talking about like remanufactured parts or um, parts of. Maybe that's not the right way to say that. Not not new parts. We're Uh not talking about like somebody who took a mold of that part and and you know made made a brand new and recast it. This is an original Duesenberg oil pan that's worth you know five to six thousand dollars. I think was what they were charging. And like I said, they had five or six of these things on the shelf. Um, just ready to go whenever somebody wanted one because once they found someone who had that many, why not buy them all and just have them available? And it sounds like, you know, having talked to a couple of uh, car collectors before, mm-hmm. what these guys have told me is that, you know, I've, I've asked them, Scott, I've said, why would you not just get somebody to make the part new for you? Mm-hmm. And they shake their heads as though... I am speaking another language, which just happens to sound like English. Yeah, that's right. It's all about originality, really, for some of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone, but um, for a lot of them, especially when you talk about the Concours shows, and we can talk about that at some other time, I guess, but uh, Concours shows, that's where original condition really comes into play, and that's 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 everything to them. We, we should. we that, that became an unofficial plug for an upcoming episode. <laughs> that's huh? right. Yeah, that's a good one. But we can talk a little bit about car shows today, right? That's right. You're, uh, you would, well, maybe you wouldn't be surprised to hear this, but there is an orphan car show. Just and for orphans. That's right, just for orphans. It is held in Ypsilanti, Michigan, um, and I believe this year is the 13th annual um, orphan car show that's held in Ypsilanti. And, of course, anybody with an orphan car is welcome to you know check it out. You can find a website that, that promotes this, and I'm sure that there's an entry form that you can um, you know fill out while you're there. Interesting show, really. I mean, you, you see some incredibly unique vehicles while you're there. I've been to it once. Mm. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's very, uh, very interesting. It was, it was a good show. What, what's one you remember seeing? Oh, that man. particularly just took your breath away. Took my breath away. Maybe some of the uh, 
I, there's been a steamer car there, and I don't remember which one. If it was a Stanley steamer or if it, you know what the make wow. was, but a steamer vehicle. Yeah. Um, those are always impressive to me, and I've seen those at, at concourse shows as well. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the steamer cars are really cool to watch. The totally steam operated. Um, again, the one that I'm thinking of is a Stanley steamer, but I, I just couldn't verify that that was the one. Uh, there were so many cars there that day, Ben. They were just really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. So if any of our listeners want to check out some Morphin cars, they can go to the the website. But if they really want to see them, they can go to Michigan and check this out. Yeah, that's right. Person. Ypsilanti, Michigan. And it's, uh, it's a good time, I can tell you that. It, it, weather, uh, weather permitting, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, man. You know, I, I don't know, Scott. I really... I would love to have an orphan car. I think it might have to be somebody who is more responsible than me to that would actually take care of the day-to-day stuff. You know, I'm still trying to get it together enough to get that go-kart we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's not it's not as much of a resp- responsibility as you think it is. We're we're dramatizing it a bit here, but um, <laughs> but really it's uh it it is a lot of work and uh you know, if you get into the the group of people that, you know, are purists and they want everything to be exactly right or you want it to be exactly right, um, yeah, then it's a little bit more pressure. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. It's a great hobby. Awesome. Well, I guess that about wraps up for us today, huh? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, to our listeners out there, uh, thanks for tuning in, you guys. And if you have any suggestions for a topic in an upcoming episode, please send us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. And if you want to learn even more about cars and there's something on the website that you want to see in more detail, feel free to hit us up at our brand new blog. That's right. We've got a blog that's on the, the homepage. And uh, I try to post to it every day. So um, and I'm you know, there for comments. So please send me something. I'd, I'd like it. We'd love to hear from you guys. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.